Hello, welcome back to Sparrow Talk Presents. This one is a New Year's special, so you should be listening to this on New Year's Day. Obviously, that's not when we're recording it, but, you know, good pretend. No, it is New Year's Day today. We've got together on New Year's Day. It's New Year's morning. We're all hungover because we've had a rollicking good time, haven't we? <laughs> Last night, do you remember when we counted down from ten to zero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because we didn't have a clock, did we? No, we, we, no, we just didn't. counted. Do it several times. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about a show today. Uh, we're going to talk about Paul McGann's Doctor Whom. Doctor Who. Doctor Who the movie, or Doctor Whom as it's known. Doctor Whom the movie, the TV special, movie special, uh, plus the Night of the Doctor. Um, I don't think Paul McGann's done any other, well he's done radio shows but we're not doing that. Uh, so I'll do some hellos, of course I'm still Keith, and um, are you sparkling Tom? Sparkling isn't the word. Effervescent? pretty hard last night. Oh dear. Out in the West End. To say some parts of uh, Camden Town are a different shade of red. Oh yeah, why is that? This morning, because I've painted the town red. Oh, in Camden? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. What about you, Graham? Um, Yeah, I also had a a big night out. uh, Three pints. Three? And a a Bailey's. Oof. I'm still drunk, but here we are. Deliciously creamy, isn't it, Bailey's? Although, I suppose it sticks, you'll not coat your mouth. Not the way I was drinking it. Oh, I see. <laughs> You're doing that thing you do when you've got hiccups. That's right, yeah. Um, so. Go on then, Graham, uh, tell us a bit about stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you a bit. Um, so, Doctor Who the movie. 1996 television film uh, that continues the story of the Doctor Who series, uh, which was cancelled and last broadcast at this point in 1989 um it'd been off the air uh, not seen or heard for in those uh, seven long years yeah six seven long years um and it was developed as a co-production between bbc universal 20th century fox and fox who i assume is slightly different entities to 20th century fox uh, so some big players there. Uh, I think BBC had been shopping it around as a co-production for a while. and uh, There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, isn't there? Mm. There are a lot of cooks in the kitchen, yeah. Um, well, we'll come on to whether or not that was a good thing. Mm. Um, um, it was intended as a backdoor pilot, Keith. <laughs> anything to say about that? No. What do you mean? Uh, for a new American-produced TV series of Doctor Who. And it was a ratings hit, smash hit, in the United Kingdom, UK, but didn't do so well with the Yankee Doodles. So it was just a one-off. Can I not say that? I don't know. What? Um, <laughs> well, I've said it now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Americans. Um, so it's neither a... <laughs> so such the series wasn't commissioned, so it just stands as a kind of um, standalone uh, piece of television. Um, some trivia. First aired in Canada, May the 12th. Uh, two days later, it was broadcast in the US up against the popular sitcom Roseanne. Whatever happened to her? Mm. Mm. Did she become a racist? She became a I racist, think. yes, yeah. Allegedly. I don't think so. Can you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty open and shut. Oh, okay. Um, it came to UK screens after it was released on VHS. Remember them, huh? Mm. Video. Home system. system. Yes. Correct. Right. I don't know. It sounds about right. Mm. I thought it was home stores, but... VHS. Oh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> on a bank holiday Monday. Interesting. Um, Even though it's set at a completely different time different of year. Different time of year and a different year. Doctor yeah. Who, man. Timey yeah. wimey. Yeah. Uh, it was McGann's only appearance as Doctor Who on camera until 2013's Night of the Doctor. Keith, you said that. Mm. Uh, but he did appear in many big Finnish audio dramas. Um, actors considered for the role of the Doctor include Michael Crawford, Tim Curry, Eric Idle, Billy Connolly, Trevor Eve, Michael Palin, Robert Lindsay, Jonathan Price, Christopher Eccleston, and Peter Capaldi. They all said no. Mm. Did you say Jonathan Price twice? I said a lot of people. Uh, no, yeah. thanks for listening. I've been really interested to see what nuance um, Billy Connolly brought to it, because he's such a chameleon, you know. He yeah. Really the role. No, comedian. <laughs> Not comedian. Well, he, isn't he in that Mr. Mrs. Brown film? Mrs. Brown's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Billy Connolly? Yes. Yeah. I thought it was a the woman. Short, the short chap, <laughs> just as a woman. Oh, yeah. Huh, he's... You know, so there you go, more range than you might yeah. think. Some of those people went on to start, or two of those people went on to become the Doctor at a later date. There you go. Um, getting to the end now. Uh, people who were just for it, Tim McKinnery, Anthony Head, Tony Slattery, and Paul McGann's brother Mark. Oh. A bit of tension in the family McGann there. I don't know who Mark McGann is, actually, no, but no I guess that's because McGann. he didn't get the role. The one from the upper hand. It's like the bold ones, perhaps. Yeah. Is it Stephen McGann a... He's an actor, isn't he? Is he a, a McGann McGann? Yeah, he's McGann McGann. Okay. It's not Joanne, Joanne. The French brother, uh, Renault. Remember him? <laughs> Very nice. You go over my head. Uh, the first Doctor Who not to be filmed in Europe. Not the first one not to be filmed in the UK. I can tell you the answer to that question. Two Doctors filmed in Seville. For no apparent reason other than the team at the time wanted to get some sun. <laughs> <laughs> so, my mistake, Joe McGann, I think, was upper hand. Joe McGann, upper hand. Oh, it's yeah. easy to remember. And there's also. Was Blackman? Yes. Yeah. Foxy Blackman. And there's also. Blackman. Honor Blackman. And there are others. Um, in early stories, the Doctor, in early versions of this uh, story, the Doctor was going to be the impressionable young grandson of the Time Lord President, and his half-brother, the Master, was going to be the Gallifreyan Minister of Defence. Can kidding? you imagine? No, I'm not kidding. Golly. So that isn't what happened. No. Um, Tom will tell you shortly what is, but an old classic as he's, uh, is up next. Linda's number. Ooh. Oh, God. One? Yeah. Always one. Always the same. Uh, McGann, Linda. <laughs> no, the other one, New Tricks. Is it New Tricks? Yeah, uh, Paul yeah it's New Tricks. tricks. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's sad. I wanted better from him. Mm. Trevor Eve was in New Tricks as well, wasn't he? Was he? So. They've oh. all done it. It would have still had a tremendous number of one. They've all had their turn. Um, yeah, good. Tom. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we could talk about the start. It's a we? good place to start. It is a good place to start, to start. Uh, because, as regular listeners will know, I don't know why I pluralised that. As our regular <laughs> listener will know. <laughs> Hi, John. <laughs> John. Uh, any other ones? You know, any other ones? Maybe. The people in John's vicinity, they could be overhearing. <laughs> Uh, I like to go back and see the initial episode of the series that we talk about. Uh, what's that called again, that feature? No, I don't know. Oh, 
Nice. You stop. We have to pay that royalties. So that word was oranges. 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 So, let's talk about Mr. Doctor Who. So it begins with a chap who's in a junkyard in the London. Um, he's quite old and cranky. He wears a hat, which looks a little bit like a tea cosy, but black, of course. Have you watched that, Thomas? Oh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> one of them really didn't like the other one. Um, His hat is interesting. William Hartnell you're talking about, aren't you? Well, that's the actor. I mean, I don't want to oh, okay. break that illusion of sure. this being real life. David Bradley. David Bradley playing William Hartnell playing <laughs> Mr. Doctor Who. And he has a kind of android uh, granddaughter called Susan. This doesn't happen. <laughs> what have you watched? She wasn't an android. Fairly sure. She wasn't an android. Was she? Oh. She's never, no, she's not an android. She looked no. quite a lot like an android. It's not on the head now, she's not an android. She's, she has got an odd voice. And she had quite a kind of robot shiny face. Like okay. Mr. Data in Star Trek, I just assumed. Right. And she's very smart, apparently. I mean, what's the... Hang on. What's the name of the episode? Uh, Serial. Unearthly child. Unearthly, unearthly child. Yeah. Unearthly, not unearthly child. android, is it? <laughs> unearthly child could be an android, clearly. You know, well, be very unearthly. Child androids, they do. Oh, Young um, androids. AI? Yeah. AI. Jonathan AI. It's not infant. It's not android infant. <laughs> No, it was a kid, wasn't he? It's Haley Joel Osment. Oh, the film AI. I thought yeah. you were talking about AI more generally. <laughs> That's the concept. <laughs> well, it is still in its infancy, isn't it? Mm. Who knows? Don't get into that. So, no, she may or may not be an android. She had a very shiny face. She's not an android. <laughs> right, well, apparently she's not an android. Uh, called Susan, and she's followed home by these two nosy teachers. Can we name them? Uh, Ian and Barbara. Yep, that's right. Ian and Chesterton, Barbara. Yeah, did watch this. No, yeah. And they don't like the, They don't like... Susan, the android, no, not androids. <laughs> they don't, not like. It's not like androidism. Like, what? Imagine me and you must have seen this, and like we were just taking this at your word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they, they complain about it. They say, "Oh, she knows too much." We, we try and catch her out. Uh, like I tried to catch her about out about the French res- re- uh, revolution. Barbara said, but she wasn't able to because mm. she's such a smart aleck. Hate this child. <laughs> so they follow her home. So it's they can. This unhappy child. Yes, un- child. So they can speak to her grandfather, who is this crank, mm-hmm. uh, played by William Hartnell. Um, and they they spend a lot of time uh, flummoxed by a police box, uh, mm-hmm. which is essentially a, a wardrobe with a telephone in it. Um, but they can hear this girl, apparently girl, voice coming from it, and they look at it for a while. Like, Can't be in there, can she? It'd be odd, just standing in a three by three foot box and eventually this this chap uh, the Hartnell so what are you doing there you know jog on don't like your tight round here <laughs> teachers um, and they push their way in Susan's in there it's a lot bigger on the inside this room um, it's got a centre console like an up and downy thing goes on and on and uh, it's not that sort of up and downy thing Tom and <laughs> Uh, essentially, this old crank chap uh, with the hat abducts the teachers. Uh, they pass out, and they end up in some sort of prehistoric yes. era place. That's right. And the um, seems like the the time and space travel they've experienced takes a toll on the people. 
to the extent that the crank makes a kind of O face uh, while it's happening. When you're saying crank, <laughs> yeah. it's not you're not confusing this with uh, the Jason Statham film. <laughs> Jason Statham's mechanic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're very similar. Yeah, they are. Quite they similar. go. Like an oh kind of face while they're travelling through time and space. Oh, oh, can't really tell if he likes it or not. Oh, oh, oh. And then when they this come. This is one of these moments on which it was a video. Podcast, so you see the contorted mouth. Just picture, just picture me, but. Making a no. It's mm. um, about right. And then, yeah, so the teacher's unconscious. We can't see the not android girl anywhere, but I assume she's in the room somewhere. Um, and yeah, uh, the cranky chap was quite pleased with himself. Mm. There's not a lot of emotion in his face, it doesn't convey a lot of emotion. Interestingly, they reshot the pilot. Mm. Did? Have yeah. you seen the original? Uh, I don't think so. The original version, he's a real ass. He, like, he really, really takes pleasure in abducting them and scaring them. Oh. It's interesting, yeah. So um, they obviously decided there is. Um, it's very hard for the uh, audience to get behind this guy. He's well, yeah, he's not much friendly with this. No, well, he's really. I mean, it's like a, a villain. Well, Su- Susan pleads with this hat chap to to let the teachers go, um, but you know he suggests that they are morons mm. and that they'll tell the world about them and expose them. Mm. And so he won't let them. Won't let them escape. He even lets uh, Ian electrocute himself a small amount uh, via the console. Wow. Yeah, yeah. a real piece of work. Changed his tune, though, didn't he? Which one? He was always quite crabby, yeah. but he did warm sort of the I, humans. I know, yeah, over the course of the 50s, oh. <laughs> the history of the show. Oh, I thought you meant just Hartnell. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that in microcosm, a bit of on a larger scale. Mm. He came to... Um, Love the humans. Be quite fond of them, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, going from not willingly taking in companions to mm. picking up anyone. Yeah. Pretty much. Just being willing or not. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, don't think he, I think he does abduct somebody. I can't remember who now. Yeah. Mm. No, it's gone. Anyway, thanks, Keith. Thanks. And that's how it starts. You know, oh, geez, that's how it starts. Oranges. Yeah, oranges. Oranges. So some. Um, 33 years later. Yeah, same age as Keith and I. No, just me, because Keith's now oh, probably a little bit older, aged it and decrepit. Yeah, I'm ageing at an accelerated rate. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Unlike an android, who doesn't age. Yes, you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talk about the Let's film? get into it. Yeah, go So on. the episode opens with the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, hmm. aboard the TARDIS. Sly to his friends. Sly, yeah. Um, and he's been um, tasked with transporting the Master's remains, the Master being the Doctor's nemesis, mm-hmm. uh, transporting his remains from his trial on Scarrow to their home planet of Gallifrey. So, sorry, first of what will be many tangents, why did the trial take place on Scarrow? Well, I think it doesn't make any sense, really, because Scarrow is the, being... the home planet of the Daleks. Mm. Yeah. I think they just wanted to shoehorn in a reference for the Daleks' early doors, presumably, right. and sort of introduce the main villain and for people who've watched it before, go, oh, good, I'm on sort of safe ground here. I'm watching the right show. I'm watching the right Doctor. Yeah, but it does feel weird that they would hold someone to trial and then get the Doctor to collect the 
corpse by ashes. What else seemingly they do? Uh, Could be just a guest or pop-up court, guest court. They have an asylum. That's true. So, you know, there may be other municipal buildings and legislature in place. Mm, Who knows? Let's not underestimate. Whose jurisdiction do they follow in Scarborough? Is it... Universe law, universal law. Davros sets the time. Davros law. Yeah, yeah. And the the time lords would try their own under Scarlo law. Uh, well, you no, you have, that's an interesting point. There's uh, a really boring episode called Trial of the Time Lord, which is Doctor being tried by other time lords. Oh. I'm going to get into that. Okay. Very soon, because the Doctor mentions in voiceover. Which is confusingly, even though we've got the seventh Doctor on screen, the voiceover is the eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. Yeah, a bit weird. Who we've yet to meet. Um, So, he mentions that Time Lords have 13 regenerations, excuse me, Mm -hmm. and the Master has expended all of his regenerations. Mm. Um, So, I wanted to ask about how many regenerations Time Lords actually have. Because I feel like this has been disputed a bit. Um, Because... In Trial of the Time... I think it's in Trial of the Time Lord, Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor. Colin Baker, God. Trial of the Time Lord. Oh, is it? Oh, I think okay. you're thinking of the well, Deadly Assassin. The one where he mentions he's on his 11th regeneration. Who does? The Master? Tom Baker does. Does he? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I've, I haven't... I've, I remember reading this a while ago. I haven't yeah. yet found that again. Ah... But then I also remember there's an episode of... Oh, my notes here say Ask Graham, because I, <laughs> I, I put together some things I remember, because there was an episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures yeah. with Matt Smith, the 11th yeah. Doctor, in it. And he says the Doctor can have over 500 regenerations. Wow. But then they also retcon that in the Matt Smith's, the 11th Doctor's yeah. final episode, where they reverse his regenerations That's, or something. Yeah, they set him back to yeah. zero. Yeah. That's right. Time do have... 13, but it I think it's 13. one of those, like so many things, yeah. because they're going so long that they've like well, transgressed their own Didn't he give away limitations well, and, folk and cult. Yeah, to bring someone back to life. Well, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, the Game of Thrones kid. Oh, yeah. Maisie oh, Williams. Yeah. I don't know, so. Um. <laughs> so I think 13 is okay, generally considered as canon, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so anyway, the Doctor's relaxing in his candlelit TARDIS um, with a copy of The Time Machine yep. by H.G. Wells. Nice little touch, that. Um, and the Master's remains escape from the ornate metal box in which he's been hmm. kept. And he's the Master is not a, t- a human. He's taken on this strange, like, abyss, like in the abyss, that sort of, like... Have you seen the abyss? the abyss. Uh, the... the, the, the Aquatic creatures, aliens. They're Is like... it a Neil Marshall film? No, it's a James Cameron. Oh no, I think it was something else. Think. Descent, maybe. Yeah, um, I seen it. They're like these transparent, translucent snake jelly type things. Okay, looks like that. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, so the master wriggles out of the um, box and worms his way into the console of the TARDIS, um, causing all sorts of problems. So the TARDIS makes an emergency landing in San Francisco in 1999, um, and as it lands. A young uh, San Franciscan um, by the name of Chang Lee is being held at gunpoint by a rival gang of um, street toughs. They're all street toughs. Street toughs. They're hoodlums, yeah. Um, and just about, so if you can imagine, Chang Lee's up against the wall. He's being faced with several 
bad lads with guns and they're just about to open fire when the TARDIS materialises in front of Lee. Um, the gang shoot at it and then the Doctor. Um, Caught in the crossfire. It's kind of like quite unceremonious, isn't it? Yeah, I had it? the exact same word written down, unceremonious death for the Doctor. Yeah, so the Doctor steps out of the TARDIS and basically gets shot. Um, and as he's losing consciousness, he sees the Master in his ectoplasmic form. Oh, nice. Sort of leak out of the TARDIS keyhole and form like a puddle. A bit like uh, The Secret Life of Alex Mack, if you remember yes, that. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, that's more Yeah, yeah. So the Doctor ends up in the back of an ambulance with Lee and a paramedic, Bruce, played by Julia's big brother, Eric Roberts. Yes, I'd forgotten that they were siblings. Yeah. They're very oh, different really? actors, yeah. aren't they? He's he's a big actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the doctors rush, rushed into a local hospital where the staff examine him and they find on the x-ray that he has two parts. Uh, but they chalk that up as being a double exposure. Um, the master, meanwhile, in his... I think he's like yeah, more like serpent-like now. Has been is hiding in the sleeve of Bruce, the paramedic's jacket. Hmm. More on that later. Um, so the hospital calls the cardio- cardiologist, I think, Doctor Grace Holloway, heart doctor. Is that yeah, a cardiologist? Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, she's on call. Surgeon. Yeah. She's on call, but uh, she's at the opera and she has to leave when she's paged, mm. which is so much to the chagrin of her date. Um, she doesn't even have to ch- time to change out of her. Big frock, no. which makes it look like some type of Disney princess. So she starts operating <laughs> on the Doctor, um, and the Doctor wakes up and he pleads with Grace not to operate on him. Um, on the operating table, so yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a sight. It is, and as this is all going on, there's a bunch of suits observing this. Yeah, and given that this is in the, it seems to be happening at night, which is like a funny time. There's basically a I like the hospital administrator giving the. Investors a tour. It's like a funny time for a tour, I thought. Yeah. But you know, that's just me. Anyway. Maybe um, it was like a wine and cheese evening. Yeah. In a hospital. Yeah. And then after the wine, might be clean, wouldn't it? After the wine, I can go and watch a little bit of theatre. Maybe there's some water. That's good. Pre theatre menu. Yeah, if you like. Um, Just cheese. So, yeah, Grace can't find the heart during the operation, and the doctor goes into cardiac arrest and dies. So. Doing air quotes. Yeah. Dies. Tom's doing air quotes with both both hands. Don't yeah. Right? Listeners. Both. Um, do you think this scene was included to capitalise on the popularity of medical dramas such as ER? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, Big chunk of it was in a possibly. hospital. Yeah. I mean, it certainly adds to the drama. Mm. It's quite. It's a bit disturbing, isn't it? This whole kind. Of Things going inside the doctor, people watching it's on him visceral, waking up. Isn't it? Yeah, it's quite visceral. They've got like a not an endoscope camera in him, haven't oh, they? Yeah. 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 For the heart. Yeah. Anyway, Grace inspects the X-ray and realizes that the doctor does have two hearts. It's not a double exposure or did, at all. She or thinks. did. Yeah. yeah. She killed him. She did kill him. She did kill him. Yeah. yeah. She did what the master failed to do on several occasions mm. in one fell swoop of a surgical scalpel. Um, so she goes to see Lee as he was the one who brought the body in and he tries to, yeah, a little weasel he tries to convince Grace that he's a family friend of the Doctor and manages to snatch the a, swag, the swag, a brown paper bag full of the Doctor's possessions off her the only reason he went, I'd imagine well, yeah, not an altruistic act hmm. so across town uh, Bruce the paramedic is in bed and the Master mm-hmm. 
who's now not only snake-like, but like he's like a full-on sort of jelly cobra at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, escapes from the sleeve of his jacket and leaps into Bruce's mouth and rig- wriggles its way into his body. It's, and it goes yeah. in the mouth, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes into the mouth. It goes into the mouth. And then... Into out the, the floor, so. it doesn't come out, does it? <laughs> no, it stays in there. Mm-hmm. Do you think the snake form is a symbol? Is it symbolistic? Oh, yeah, maybe. That is a bit snaky. Yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know how they did it. <laughs> so, back in the hospital, one of the um, hospital orderlies... Played by uh, Will Sasso. I don't know if you know him, but that's who plays Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's he in now? He's a bald chap now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise it was him. I've yeah. seen him in a few things. He, um, Let me take to Google. He was in the most recent Three Stooges. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was one of the three. I saw six minutes of that film. Did you? Yeah. Any good? No. <laughs> um, so, young Will Sasso is watching the Boris Karloff Frankenstein film in the morgue while eating a big bowl of popcorn. Unhygienic? Question mark? He doesn't look like he cares that much, does he? No. He's a bit sloppish. I don't know, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. So as he's watching Frankenstein and uh, Dr. Frankenstein scream it's alive, the seventh seventh doctor regenerates into the eighth doctor, Paul McGann. Um, Paul McGann? Paul McGann. It's all... uh, Yeah... Quite um, again, kind of quite visp like. Yeah, yeah you see it's a the, bit kind of gothic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You see the whole face of his shape of his face sort of melt and well, not melt, but sort of contorted. Yeah, it's all yeah. All pop- it looked quite good actually quite for good, the mid nineties. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, and with seemingly superhuman strength, the Doctor breaks down the metal door yeah. to the cold storage locker. He it's is often quite strong after he's just regenerated. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Like a baby chick eating its way out of a egg. Mm. Beats his way out. This bit reminded me a bit of the fly. I have like a curly, tousle haired, half naked man stepping out of a. Because the way he sort of yeah. stepped out of the. with the like the backlit and the smoke. Yeah. Mm. Sort of reminded me of Goldblum. Oh, okay. In, in the fly. McGann's is a wig. Did we talk about this? No, but I did hear this, yeah. yeah. Which I was a little disappointed by. Yeah. He could have done that. He could have done that. Given the time. Uh, Widnow and I had fairly flowing locks, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So he stumbles around the hospital, wrapped in a blanket, and ends up in an abandoned wing. Looking a bit like Christ. No. In his shroud. Back from the dead. Yes. Mm. That's another good analogy. Yeah. Brilliant. Easter? (laughs) Did it come out Easter? Came out in May, I think you said. May bank holiday. Yeah. Uh, could have been late Easter. Late yeah. Very late. <laughs> late Easter. Um, anyway, he falls to his knees and screams, Who am I? Yeah. Bit on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. A lot, well, yeah, quite a lot of episodes. <laughs> <on the nose. laughs> so, actually, on, speaking of on the nose, there's a bit earlier when they're talking about Will Sasso and one of the other orderlies are talking about the, Hall- the um, Halloween, New Year's costume party. Oh, yeah. And one of them says, I'm going to go as Wild Bill Hickok. Who is a? Um, I had to look this up. He's right. a Western from the Old West. Okay. From the Old West, um, and the Doctor's rifling through the lockers looking for something to wear, and he finds the costume, yeah. and then it has the guy in voiceover saying, "I'm going to be wild." Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> in case you're wondering where this came from. Yeah. So the Doctor ends up looking like someone from the Old West. I always thought it was like a Victorian era. Well, I guess it is Victorian, mm. just different country. Um, yeah, sort of true. outfit he was going mm. for. I think I've got a little bit of chocolate on my jeans. Oh no! Yeah. Yes. I've had quite a lot of chocolate today, Keith. 
Yeah, it have. I've been keeping tabs. Well, there's been a lot of Yule Log, doesn't there, being, being New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, New Year's Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, Gorge on the leftovers. But I haven't been to bed. Since? No. New Year's Eve. Ah. So I said that just then. Well, still, still drunk, aren't you? you on, on your log, yeah. Yeah, powerful. Okay, yeah. Lee goes through the contents of the brown paper bag, and he like, you know, takes out the sonic screwdriver and the pocket watch and a key to the TARDIS. Sonic screwdriver making its first appearance since '82, '83. Did he not have it? No, got rid of it. Ah. Budget was that low. He had an umbrella um, instead, didn't he, McCoy? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was Sonic. Talking about on the nose, yeah. Uh, and a question mark knit sweater. Yeah. John Brand. So next morning, Bruce's wife, um, Bruce the paramedic, his wife wakes up and she finds him brooding by the window. And he says his name is the Master, and he wants to, he wants the bo- doctor's body so he can reclaim his regenerations. And then he um, shows his wife a pair of eerie green reptilian eyes yeah. and breaks her neck. Yeah, yeah. rough and up. She's really quite rough. Quite amorous up to this point. Yeah, she thinks yeah. it's a sexy talk, isn't it? The Master. Yeah. Ooh, the Master. Ooh. Yeah. Um, oh, put that over here, master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uncanny. Um, so. It was all set in Sheffield. We didn't say that earlier. <laughs> Something happens. Grace has an altercation with one of the higher ups at the hospital. He burns the x ray that proves the doctor had two hearts. Yeah, why does he do that? Because uh, basically, I think he's. It, look, it looks like malpractice on her part. And I think she's oh, such a right. t- tremendous surgeon that he doesn't want her to be into trouble. Right, okay. And he also wants to keep the reputation of his hospital fairly spotless. Um, but she's, she, I think Grace is more interested in, you know, what can we learn from this specimen? Yeah, yeah. And so she ends up quitting yeah. her job. Principles, eh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What can you do? Um, but then she's con- confronted by the doctor who jumps into her car with him. And she doesn't believe he's the same man that she just had been operating yeah. on the night before. For obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. Looks, Looks completely different. Yeah. Until he reveals he still has a needle from the operation stuck in his chest. Well, it's actually the, uh, the camera. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's Ooh. way more grisly than I yeah. thought. Plus, he's still got the toe tag on, hasn't he? The John Doe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think that would irritate. I'm surprised he has John Smith. Oh, he wrote John Smith in the ambulance. For that, for non Who fans, that's what Pertwee used to go by when he was uh, sort of giving a name. Oh. Um, anyway, Bruce, who's acquired a leather duster and a new personality not too dissimilar to T1000 from Terminator <laughs> to Judgment Day, I thought. He shows up at the hospital. Some bad boy aviators as well, isn't he? Yeah, and he peels off his fingernail. And is that? Do you think that's, that shows his body's falling apart? Oh, maybe. I Ooh. thought that was also a bit like the fly. Yeah, that is quite fly yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he says he's here for the doctor's body. And the nurse tells him Lee took the doctor's belongings. And then Bruce replies with, ah, the Asian child. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. It's not a Asian child. A chosen one. <laughs> really bizarre. Um, so Grace, meanwhile, gets home, realises her boyfriend's moved out because he can't handle the... Uh, on-call yeah. nature of her On work. On-call and nature of her work, apparently. Even took the sofa. Yeah, he's a bit of a dick. This is set on New Year's Eve. Yeah. He did well to well, find a removals company at such short notice, didn't he? He's very strong. Oh, right. Yeah, he might have his own truck. Everyone in America has He might a truck. do, yes. Yeah. Well, you're quite right. Um, so the Doctor and Grace are hanging out. The Doctor reveals that he's spent time with 
Pacini and Da Vinci in the past. Uh, Pacini's relevant because the um, Greatest Instinct and the theme tune from Madame Butterfly. Well, she, she was, was yeah. carving them up. Um, so Lee uses the key for the t- to the TARDIS to get in and investigate the ship. Um, but it turns out the the Bruce, the Master slash Bruce, call him the Master for now, and has beaten him to it. Um, a couple of things. I quite like the design of this TARDIS. It's like a library sort of. Yeah, again, that felt a bit, a little bit gothic and yeah. Yeah, that kind of Victorian feel to it. There are even bats in there when they get into the cloister room. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Or something flew down. Could be an alien. I don't know. That it really suits the Doctor. There's sort of like certain bits about it which are very ornate and sort of yeah. cold. Yeah. I don't know if it really suits him again. Yeah, well, I don't know. He's done. There's so little footage with him in it that it's hard to sort of. Yeah, I remember being quite impressed by the scale of it at the time. Mm. Did you watch it at the time? Did you I know? watched it at the time. Did yeah. you? I don't think I did. Yeah. Wow. Um. So, the Bruce has found a willing accomplice in Lee, and somehow manages to convince him that the Doctor is evil. And he also tempts him with a wine-coloured velvet bag full of gold dust oh, yeah. that the Doctor's just got. Lying around. That's a standard TARDIS issue. <laughs> so, yeah, he takes um, Lee on a tour of the TARDIS and shows him the uh, cloister room. Um, he has a lot of autumnal leaves as well. Yeah. Oh, I don't know where well, they're coming from. the tree. Yeah, anyway. And the Eye of Har- Harmony, which is... Sorry, Keith. Hmm. Which is um, oh. a big eye. <laughs> um, and he wants to open the Eye of Harmony so they can find the Doctor, which Lee helps him to do, because I think only humans can yeah. open it. Which, why would you design that? Into your, I don't know. That's true. Obviously, there's a revelation about the Doctor. Yeah. Which makes that mm. a bit more relevant. It's like we'll two-factor we'll authentication. It is a bit, isn't <laughs> You need a human to open this. Oh, damn, I forgot my eye of harmony. Yeah. Get in. Um, that was no, sorry, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah my, my, mine didn't work. Okay, uh, the Doctor's hanging out with Grace. He starts to slowly remember who he is. He kisses her. Well, yeah, um, this is controversial. Yeah, quite. Quite handsy. Yeah, but the first time the Doctor's ever kissed a woman. Not the last. Certainly not in this no. hour and a half. <laughs> um, so yeah, as, as Graham alluded to, the Eye of Harmony reveals to the Master that the Doctor is half-human. And it also shows him what the Doctor's seeing at that moment, which is Grace. Um, do we want to talk about the half-human thing? Yeah, well, it's weird, isn't it? I it don't is quite odd. understand. I mean, it's not... Ever mentioned before in no. the series since? No. no. This is this is included in like canon now. Obviously, as we yeah. talked sort of night of the doctor, but they just brushed over this bit. Later in the episode, he says it's on his mother's side. Yeah. Susan, his granddaughter, was she? Well, she's apparently from Gallifrey. She's from Gallifrey. Yeah. Okay. Then I don't know. I don't know what that's about. And she's never mentioned again, is she? Well, at least not contemporary. No. Mm. I don't know if they just thought it would be weird if a time lord. Had it off with a human. Yeah. Uh, we don't mind it now. I'm all for it. I'll watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe that was their thinking. There's quite a good bit when um, Amy Pond tried to um, snog. Mm. Yeah, snog is right. The 11th you can say Doctor, it. and he was very much like, "What are you doing? I'm 900 year old, 1200 year old alien. Yeah, <laughs> so wrong." 
McGann had no such uh, qualms. Qualms, no. did he? Mm. Anyway, despite being nowhere near the TARDIS, the Doctor realizes what's going on, and he explains how the Eye of Harmony being open poses a threat to the existence of Earth. Mm. Um, and also, if he looks into it himself, his st- soul will be stolen. Oh no! Or that's how his regenerations will be transferred, or something. I wasn't entirely clear on oh, this. Not mm. fair, no. Um, so they have to close it and for some reason there's a convenient deadline of midnight on the 31st of December 1999 is that to do with closing it there's, there's certainly a deadline there they're rushing to meet the earth is sort of falling apart yeah. and by that point conveniently enough it will have been too far gone maybe yeah yeah because we're getting sucked in the eye or something isn't that's it, it yeah because Grace is sceptical and she tries to get the doctor sanctioned actually but he proves that the molecular structure of the planet is changing by Walking through a window. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think a lot of the budget must have gone on that scene. Oh, yeah. And then a news report shows that this is impacting the environment in unexpected ways. There's snow in Hawaii. Um, and the same news report, very informative, mentions that there's an atomic clock, which is just the thing the doctor yeah. mentioned he needed. Um, in right here in San Francisco. Not, I mean, you know, we're not in San Francisco. We're not in San Francisco. Wasn't that big a New Year's, eh? <laughs> hey! Well, were we? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> were we together? I forgot what the story was. <laughs> um, and it's set to be turned on at midnight at the Institute of Technological Advancement and Research. Or I. ITAR. ITAR. Um, the ambulance arrives to take Doctor to the psychiatric hospital, driven by Lee and the Master. Yeah. Although the Doctor doesn't recognise him. A um, couple of nice things on the ambulance ride. The doctor reveals that he knew Sigmund Freud and Marie Curie intimately. He says, "Does he? Yeah, yeah." Do you think he meant a threesome? Oh, he just knew Marie Curie intimately. I don't know about Freud. Oh, I see. Well, I they... suppose they weren't contemporaries, were they? But you know, if he's got a time machine, yeah, yeah. might have been. Yeah, could have got more together. It's like one of those... Engineer um, three-way, then it's his prerogative. One of those fan-made <laughs> versions that someone I were reading about recently. Yeah, yeah, those people are out of control. Yeah. As is the Doctor, by the sounds of it. So the Master's the sunglasses fall off momentarily and the Doctor sees his green snake eyes. And then, again, like the fly, vomits something acidic onto Grace's arm. The Master. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, before being attacked with a fire extinguisher, which seemingly neutralises yeah. the threat. Um, so they get held up by a police blockade. Doesn't the master correct Grace's <laughs> diction at one point in a really kind of unnecessary moment? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I couldn't understand it. I think he says, like, she says doctor, and he goes, no, doctor. I don't, I, there was no reason for it to happen. <laughs> uh, but this just skipped over. Anyway, yeah. carry on, sorry. Yeah, police blockade. The doctor offers... Um, one of the officers, a uh, jelly baby. Throw back to the bake ears. Throw back to the bake. Tom Baker. Tom Baker, sorry. Um, before politely stealing his motorcycle. And what follows is a reasonably pedestrian car chase. Reasonably, but it's certainly quite um, uh, more high tempo than the days of previous Top 2 episodes. I mean, now it would probably be fairly for- forgettable, but it's a break with your Troutons, your Hartnells. Even you can't episode of the, the Planet the Spiders episode when it's just like a chase in several different vehicles. Have you is seen that a, one? Yeah, is it someone in a helicopter? A heli- I think it's helicopter car yeah. hovercraft. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's just for that. ages, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like they're booking, like, oh, we'll do this, will be eight episodes. <laughs> well, we've got five episodes worth of material here, so this episode's going to need to be a long chase. <laughs> it's like 25 minutes. The best thing about that scene is the. Uh, 
I think Doctor commandeers a truck or a lorry, <laughs> and the truck driver can't help but sort of look to camera and smile. Some of the worst <laughs> acting you'll ever come across. It's great. Um, so yeah, the Doctor. This is, uh, is at this point the Doctor reveals that he's um, half human on his mother's side. Um, he also mentioned something about how the Master is trying to survive by any means necessary, which I think is what an explanation is why he's taking a more reptilian form. Mm. On a, you know the eyes and the yeah, um, so the doctor and Grace get to the um, what do we call it? ITAR, the institute. Yeah, mm. and they steal um, a microchip from the atomic clock, mm. and yeah, they make a penis joke at this in the process <laughs> where they say something like he takes it out and he says like. Told you it was small, and then or something, and she's gonna say something. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we have that." S-. Like she's gonna say like sizes and every- or you know, there's some allu- like, okay. allusion like yeah. allusion to size not mattering. Not and him, he says, "Oh yeah, we have that on my home planet as well." And I find it a bit of a stretch to think that the Time Lords, who have like dominion over the very fabric of time and space, are yeah, sitting around. Comparing wangs. Talking about dicks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've got all the time in the world to do it, so <laughs> yeah. I guess it would come up at some point. <laughs> yeah. Keith, do you want to say anything about that? <laughs> Penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, so they, on the way out of ITAR, I like that. Saves, saves time. Um, they come across some security guards that have been covered in the master's... Um, Goop. Yeah. yeah. Slime. Mm. Junk. I wrote products. Mm. Products. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're seemingly paralysed they're dead seemingly if I'd been gunked by that I'm not sure I'd want to move because he's just like oh it's making it worse <laughs> no, it's in the corner of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, if they, maybe they weren't paralysed they just thought I'm just not going to move yeah um, wait for someone to come <laughs> I'm clean you <laughs> They make it back to the TARDIS. There's, um, quite a, there's a, a conversation between the Doctor and another security guard. <laughs> uh, Go on. Sorry, uh, and he tries to uh, accost the Doctor and Grace, but the Doctor talks, talks his way out of it by sort of predicting the young man's future. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of other points where the Doctor predicts people's future in a way which suggests he's kind of omniscient, which is like not true. He at the end, doesn't he? He says, yeah. like... You'll not be here again or, or something like don't that. Don't be around here next Christmas yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 that's it. Like, like those hoodlums will be after you, maybe. That's not a thing, is it? He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everyone's life. No. So that's a bit weird. Um, but hey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, they make it back to the TARDIS. They close the Eye of Harmony, but the TARDIS is out of power. So the Doctor starts fiddling about under the console. And he's whacked on the noggin by Grace with a mallet. Um, she's now become possessed by the Master. Mm-hmm. So what happens next is the Doctor Grace puts this nasty-looking contraption on the Doctor's head. It's kind of like a metal crown with nails pointing inwards. Yeah, yeah. and keeps his it's eyes quite painful. Open. And like a yeah, clockwork orange-esque. Yeah. Um, what do you call those? Eye openers. Eye openers. Oh, yeah. That's why this morning, huh? New Year's Day, right? Whoa. <laughs> um, and the Master makes a fantastic entrance down these stairs of the cloister room, decked out in traditional Gallifreyan robes. Mm-hmm. And what does he say, Graham? Here comes my favourite line. I always dress for the occasion. Fantastic. It's great. Um, it sounds like it's a... I don't really know. 
Yeah, it does, isn't it? Like an double entendre. I've just dressed up. I suspect they were supposed to be delivered as sort of, well, I was dressed for the occasion, but Roberts couldn't help himself. (laughs) Put a bit of... uh, Maybe if he was wearing... Maybe he was meant to be wearing a dress. Yeah, maybe. And instead they had a... Maybe they thought they'd got Julia Roberts. Yeah. (laughs) Like make a good master. She would. She'd be good in both roles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, this is where, like I said, I'm a bit fuzzy on what's going on, but I think the master wants the doctor to stare into the Eye of Harmony so they can do, like, a soul swap. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, I've got here, there's a lot going on. Might the master have been better off limiting his scope a bit? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, uh, so the Doctor convinces Lee not to open the eye and Lee concedes and then the Master responds by killing him again yeah he's a fiend he is a fiend he then grabs Grace forces her to kiss him like yeah for no oh, reason yeah. so he could suck out something I don't oh was he retracting the oh yeah Sorry. so then she could become human so uh, she could look in the eye of harmony yeah. with, her, uh, with her human eyes oh okay so there was it, method to the yeah Romance. <laughs> uh, and then he, yeah, he makes her open the eye of harmony. Uh, something about midnight. Skip <laughs> um, uh, to the end. There's a montage of everyone <laughs> counting down to midnight, but they count down from thirty, which like <laughs> I've never seen done. Um, yeah. But yeah, it goes on a bit. So it's everyone. It's like the people in the institute. It's like Will Sasso at the hospital. Gets a bit weird, doesn't party. it? It's sort of a bit. Uh, I don't know. A little bit zany. A bit kind of. Yeah. Um, Disconcerting somehow. I don't know, it all feels quite oppressive all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but with a single single second to spare, Grace succeeds in jumpstarting the TARDIS and sends the ship into temporal orbit. Temporal orbit? Yeah. Temporal orbit, yeah. Temporal orbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Slightly back in time, or is it just pause time? I think it's sort of, yeah, in a strange limbo. Um, she goes back to the cloister room to thwart the Master's plan and he throws her off one of the balconies. Yeah, killing her. Seemingly. Yeah, that's three now. He's killed, isn't it? Mm. Fiend. Yeah. Um, I should give listeners some idea of the scale of the cloister room. It has two balconies. Ooh. Yeah. So we're talking creme de la creme. Here. We are. Um, some other stuff happens. I've written. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor somehow gets free from his restraints, and they oh him and the master have like a slow motion battle. I mm-hmm. think. And the master gets sucked into the eye of harmony, Ooh. and yeah, and he sort of starts. Yeah, he won't take the doctor's hand, will he? He's no, he won't. Yeah. And he says, he says at this point, life is wasted on the living. And I, yeah. I thought I'd heard that quote somewhere. Yeah. So I looked it up. Yeah. And it's in Douglas Adams's The Restaurant at the End of the Universe, ah. which is, it's a good if book. intentional, a nice tribute yeah. to Douglas Adams, who wrote for Doctor Who. Um, Sort of, it was the showrunner before showrunners were yeah. a thing. And yeah. also, also just you know, possibly the uh, father of contemporary British science fiction. He would probably would have died around the same time as this was made. Yeah. So died in the treadmill. Really? Fun fact. Oh. I think so. Anyway, before it um, releases. Oh, no, two thousand and one. Yeah. Shut my mouth. Before it closes for good, the Eye of Harmony releases some. Um... Graham, help me out. Is it 
Artron Energy, the, mm. the time the TARDIS runs off. Artron Energy. No, I've not seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I, it I actually don't. I, don't I, know. Know. I realised I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. Good for a radio show. Um, but yeah, the TARDIS runs releases this energy, which resurrects uh, Grayson Lee. Um, and they go back in time to the stroke of midnight, seeing the new millennium by watching the fireworks over San Francisco. Um, Lee leaves with a bag of the bag of gold dust yeah. for keeps. Yeah, for keepsies, and spring in his step. And the Doctor and Grace again share a goodbye kiss. At this point, they've, okay, it's struck me that they have quite similar hair. Don't know if that struck oh, anyone else. No, and didn't. they're locked in embrace. That's nice. Can't tell where one's hair starts and the other one's finished. Um, but the film ends with the Doctor retiring to his easy chair where he was sitting mm. when we first met him and flying off into the sunset. With the suggestion that something's gone wrong again. Yeah, 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 yeah. As you can see record skips. Record skips. That song was called In a Dream, I Called Out Your Name. Who was yeah. it performed by? I can tell you that. Uh, Pat Hodges. Ah. Oh. So it's quite a... It's a real uh, rock and roll name, that. Pat Hodges. It's uh, soothing. Mm. Until it starts skipping. Yeah, nothing soothing about it. On the word time. Clever because he travels through time, doesn't Mm. he, in some ways? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Very much so. Um, So that's the film. Thanks, Tom. Should we talk about. um, Or should we do favourite line, favourite character, and then talk about Night of the Doctor? Yeah, Yeah. we could do. I mean, I'm guessing guessing you don't have any uh, postcards from anywhere. Oh, uh, so, well, it's New Day's bank no, holiday, isn't it? Post, 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 post. Yeah. One bank holiday, too many. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, Favourite line, I've already said it. Favourite yeah. character, um, I'm going to say the Doctor. Yeah. I enjoyed McGann's performance. Um, it would have been nice to have seen more of him in future episodes, but it wasn't to be. Uh, okay. I thought he was a, a bright spot in this episode. Have you listened to any of the Big Finish no. productions? No, me neither. I'd quite like to... We've probably talked about this before, possibly even on this podcast, but the master in that is played by um, Julius Nichols from The Thick of It. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Uh, He's never Alex McQueen, Alex McQueen, that's it. Yeah. That's it. I think that would be his very entertaining. Uh, Troika. Huh? Ah, good to know. represented by Troika. Ah. Let's see. He used to work at the Waterstones in Epsom. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Epsom Downs? No, you just stand at Epsom. Oh, okay. no, it's off the back of the Ashley Centre near the clock tower. Oh, no, the clock tower. Yeah, I don't think it's there anymore. Waterstones, mm. that is. But yeah, bump into him occasionally. That's fun. Not planned. No. No. no just, you know. What was your favourite line and favourite character, Keith? Uh, favourite line, merely because it's ridiculousness, who am I? Um, like, yeah, I, it's weird. Why does he make such a big thing about not knowing who he is? Yes, he, he knows he regenerates. Yeah, yeah. He's got all the mirrors on me, so he can see himself. Yeah. Isn't it, he's he's pulling again. I think the the, the cringeworthiness of it almost makes it bearable. I don't mm. know. Like it goes through being unbearable to being bearable again. And of course, the nation's favourite doctor, Paul McGann. Best Your favourite character. character. Yeah. Um, my favourite line. I've got two, I think. The first one they is, haven't. I finally meet the right guy and he's from another planet. Just because there's nothing about the situation they're in when Grace says this um, that suggests this is the right guy. Like, they're riding a stolen police bike <laughs> along a train track. And she says, I finally meet the right guy and he's from another planet. Yeah, she was locking him out of her house not yeah, ten minutes ago. It's bizarre. Yeah. But there's also a really nice line, which is, um, the universe hangs by such a delicate thread of coincidences, it's useless to meddle with it. 
That's quite nice. Useless. Isn't it? Surely dangerous is what he means. Um, favorite character, the Doctor. Yeah, gotta mm. say, the nation's yeah, favorite. Doctor. That. I don't is know that the first that. time we've all had this same favorite character in anything? Could be. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure, one of our loyal listeners will correct us if we've got that wrong. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, someone's yeah, keeping a spreadsheet. Yeah, there'd be a wiki page about it, wouldn't there? Yeah, John. John, if you want to start on that, then we can point to it by the time this comes out. <laughs> um, Night of the Doctor. Ooh. I haven't got any notes on this, but it was no. only six minutes long, mm. so seven minutes. It was. I'm trying to tot up my head how many years later 15 years later so this is 2013 right yeah, yeah. 16 years Six, later uh, 17 no why is this so hard yeah 17 <laughs> 17 yeah. years yeah. later yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was to coincide with a big Doctor Who anniversary the wasn't it time of the Doctor day of the Doctor uh, day of the Doctor day of the Doctor yes yeah. Yeah. the time of the Doctor was Matt yeah. Smith's one song one song uh, and this had several doctors in, didn't it? Day of the Day of the Doctor. It did. It had um, three doctors. Three. Although it was the debut of the previously unmentioned, unacknowledged War Doctor. War Doctor, mm. Doctor Mum. <laughs> I like saying a Geordie accent. Mm. Uh, I thought you were trying to do John Hurt. <laughs> God, um, John Hurt and the Elephant Man, maybe. That's what <laughs> um, yeah, John Hurt plays mm. the War Doctor. Yeah. So basically, the show, uh, the episode opens with um, a, a a spaceship in distress, yeah. um, piloted by a young lady called Cass. Right, I didn't see this bit. Um, <laughs> I think I saw the second half of it. Okay, and she's yeah, like, interesting. She's really, she's basically hurtling towards a planet, yeah. and then um, turns out um, the Doctor in his TARDIS is piggybacking on it, and he. Uh, the eighth Doctor comes in and says, I'm the Doctor, but probably not the one you're expecting, which was mm. quite nice. Because this was a complete surprise. Yeah, yeah. This show. It was no web knew. only, wasn't it? It wasn't it was web only. Was it, it wasn't red, red Button, was it? Um, well, maybe it was Red Button content. Seems to remember it being like a... It was, I think I watched it on television. Uh-huh. Maybe you plugged your TV, your laptop in. Impossible. There's no cable in the world that would do that. <laughs> well, not 2013. Um, she... Um, is initially relieved to see him, but then he leads her towards the back of the ship to his TARDIS, and when she sees this, she's like, she realises that he's a Time Lord, mm. and um, she doesn't want to have any part, anything to do with a Time Lord. She seems to, like, fear them as a people. And we realise this isn't set during the throes of the Time War, the midst of the Time War, I should say, um, and she's... Um, yeah, it would seem the Time Lords have something of a reputation yeah. as a um, pretty dangerous race. War- warmongering? Yeah. Fellas, yeah, yeah. I would say less fear, more hate. Just uh, yeah, yeah, seems right. to resent. Yeah, there's a lot of resent there. Yeah, the Time Lords. No doing. So they end up crashing onto the planet. She dies, uh, the young, young lady. Um, but um, the Doctor is... Dying, it's suggested. Mm. He's not got long to go before he regenerates. But on this planet, he comes across a group of uh, nun-like women. Yeah, some sort of cult. <laughs> yeah, mm. sisters. They're called the yeah. Sisterhood of Khan. So yeah, he's uh, the 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 main sister, um, or maybe Mother Superior. Um, she's she informs the doctor that he's dying mm. he's going to regenerate soon but she says don't worry we've we've worked with time lord biology with time lord science and we've actually created that's, that's fine um uh we've like 
mixed up a potion which will actually help you force your regeneration and you can choose any kind of person you want to be so um she's like what would it be and there's all these ladies standing hooded, mm. hooded ladies standing around with like smoking goblets yes and he's like i want to be a warrior yeah he takes a sip of it and he regenerates the ultimate warrior <laughs> yeah <laughs> takes the ring ropes <laughs> um and he turns into uh well he sees his reflection in the well mm. it's a young a fresh-faced john hurt that's yeah. right yeah so they obviously use some archive of television magic yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of it. That's kind of bridging the gap between, yeah, the um, the, the McGann film of nineteen ninety six and the um, what I guess pre reboot of two thousand five. So Eccleston would have come after her. Eccleston yes. came after her. Was the whole reason John Hurt they introduced this new Doctor because Christopher Eccleston didn't want to do it? Possibly, yeah, because yeah, two Doctors felt a bit lame. Although they did do the. Did they ever do the two doctors? Yeah, it was yeah. Troughton and Colin Baker. Yeah. Naff. Um, yeah, I suppose also it's quite clever because everyone just assumed that uh, uh, McGann preceded Eccleston for yeah. years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have a big 50th anniversary, it's kind of nice to really have some kind of law smashing yeah. um, shock for the uh, for the fans. In both both spellings of the word. Law. Law and law. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's a homonym, isn't it? It's a homonym. Um, So, yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. But he's he's not included in the count, is he? The the war doctor. No. No, they didn't set everyone back one. (laughs) He's just like an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. On the war doctor. On the war doctor. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, war, eight. Nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 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 minute for minute, did you feel that Night of the Doctor had better or more content than, than the film? <laughs> um, it was good. It was a nice ex- little exercise in restraint because they didn't do too much with it. Mm. Like, it wasn't like a massively lavish production, no. but it was very well written. Yeah, and McGann's very good in it. I think Stephen yeah. Moffat's very good when he. Writes in short bursts. <laughs> yeah. A sprinter, not a marathon runner. Exactly. I see. I, I was under the impression this was because I remember watching this as well. I thought it might have been a Children in Need special because Children in Need's often around the same time that the um, this came out, which I think is like mid-November. Okay. And it's not unusual for there to be Doctor Who Children in Need specials. But I think the no. two are actually unrelated. Yeah, so there was that Davidson Tennant mashup, wasn't there, a few years Time ago? Time Crash. Time Crash. Yeah. And the awful Children in Need EastEnders one. Oh, yeah. For the 30th Third anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, the one where Hugh Grant was the Doctor. I think that was it. Oh, it? no. Well, that's Cursed oh, no, Fatal that's, Death. Yeah, yeah that's it? later on. Where he keeps getting killed. He turns into Joanna Lumley. Correct. Did Ben Elton write that? No, no Richard Moffat. Curtis. I think Moffat oh, wrote right, that. Moffat. Yeah, bloody hell. First time he wrote for Who? God. It was very good. Um, Should we rate them? Oh, God, yeah. A well, score. both of them. Yeah. Or one for... Well, McGann's one for each. Doctor, maybe. Or you want to do, do one for each. Okay. One for each. All right, then. What's the scale? Oh, jeez. Actually, you know it's, what? It's birds, isn't it? Yeah. Big ones are good. Okay, well, I'm going to say big one for... I can't find it. Both. Big you said the same, same mark for both. I, I only saw half of... The... I'm not going to rate the other one. Maybe we should just rate... Shall we just do a McGann rating? Okay. 
Hang on, let me just find it. We put it on our Twitter, didn't we? Yeah. That Sparrow Talk Pod. That's right. For everyone. Twitter fans. Um, okay. Um, so let's see. So one mower, big. Yeah. Two ostrich. We'll Still big, quite big. But less big. Three Gastornis, four flamingo, five albatross, six golden eagle, seven king penguin, king penguin, penguin. eight kakapo, kakapo, nine robin, robin, ten sparrow. Sparrow. Would you like a calibrator in the form of your equaliser score? No, oh I feel like we've really veered into. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, that last season was a bit of a write-off. Yeah. With ratings. Yeah. So we went too that. big too early, and we really paid the price. All right, fine. I already know what I'm going to do. Tom, what are you going to give it? Oh, I'm going to say. Oh, ooh, I'm going to give it. Um, I'm going to go flamingo. I a four. So we're rating McGann, McGann as a doctor. Both McGann's outings, I think. Okay. So like the sum total of the. Yeah. So the you know, ninety-seven minutes of TV we watched. I think five albatross. I like McGann. Mm. Night of the Doctor was short but sweet, especially when you only watch half of it. Yeah, how did you manage it? I don't know. I just found it on YouTube. And Who knows? Sent you here. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I found the movie. It was a bit sort of. It lacked some of the charm of the uh, earlier episodes and earlier series. It was a bit convoluted towards the end, as yeah. was indicative by you sort of skipping through <laughs> some pretty crappy plot points. Um, yeah, and I think the Master's um, motivations were a bit mixed at times. Mm. Uh, it wasn't a complete disaster, um, but I didn't love it. You're right, it wasn't a complete disaster. Therefore, I'm going to give it two, an ostrich. Bloody hell. Really? Well, as you know, Tom, Paul and I are quite good friends. And so if he's listening to this, hello, hello Paul, by the way, uh, I think he'd be offended if I gave him anything less than that. Ostrich. For context, Keith sat next to him the other day. Well, Did you? Is that why we're doing this? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's all been built into this <laughs> anecdote. I would say it was not the other day. And I saw him twice in one day, Tom. Uh, we sat as close as you and I are now, which uh, for listeners is too close. Keeps on my lap. I'm comfortably <laughs> close. Uh, I'm sitting two feet vertically above Tom, hovering. Uh, we're as close as that. Wow. Uh, in, a, in a cafe in East Dulwich, mm. which is my local area. What was he? What did he order? Did he get a look? Uh, I didn't have a good look. Lunchtime? No. Tea time? Uh, it would have been a late lunch. Late lunch? Yeah. Um, I reckon something like it'd go for something like a goat's cheese salad. Do you reckon? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's think quite slim, isn't it? But uh, by all means. And then later on, I was walking along uh, the market in the area and saw him again. Saw him, saw saw him, saw him again. Saw him again. <laughs> um, so as I say, quite good friends. Quite good friends. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad it worked out for you. Yeah. Do you want to do a quiz? Go on then. Let's have a little quiz. Cut just a couple of things before we do. Sorry. No, yeah, go on. Go on. I just, I just thought, like, um, interesting. Like, I just wanted to talk a bit about the legacy of McGann and, if, you know, this sort of this style of production, which is very American. Yeah. As he said earlier, do you think that's that did sort of inform the direction that the the reboot of Who went? Yeah, well, sort of what I was badly trying to get out with the um, motor, motorcycle chase. You know, mm. that that was very much. 
not at home in those earlier series, not least because of the budgets. But you know, you see in later episodes Matt Smith driving a motorbike yeah. up a yeah. skyscraper. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, but you know, he does have that more kind of um, frenzied pace and daring do. Yeah, mm. uh, and also getting off with women. Yeah. Do you think McGann is the sexiest Doctor? Yes, obviously. Uh, I mean, up in, uh, by by the time he was on the screen, sexiest so far, I would say. And since. Yes. Yeah. But I think maybe we've had sexier doctors. Well, Tennant was quite sexy, wasn't he? Tennant was sexy. Um, Certainly know, the ladies thought so. Yeah. Yeah, he worked his way through the cast, if uh, rumours would be believed. Really? Yeah. Didn't I couldn't comment. Marry Peter I just Davidson's did. daughter? No, Mary Peter Davidson. <laughs> yeah. I loved Peter Doctor Davidson. Who that much. Who appeared as the Doctor's daughter. Yeah. Talking about the Doctor's family. There's an episode called The Doctor's Daughter. She's actually a clone, I believe, or some sort of. I hated that episode. She's called Jenny, short for regeneration or something. See why I hated it. But she would have. She or someone similar must have needed to exist for William Hartnell's granddaughter to exist. True. I don't think she's supposed to be the mother of. The Doctor's family is sketchy, yeah. That would be nice if they did tie that together, though. Yeah. But. They probably don't need to worry too much about getting closure on something that happened <laughs> over 50 or years ago. Most of the audience now dead. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like it sort of, yeah, it felt a bit like Buffy the Vampire Slayer in places or the X Files or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly like his, his, um, his TARDIS felt very, very Buffy. Yeah, I think Anthony Head could have mm. been in it. Come out. Yeah, the closet. <laughs> Not like that. Just, you know, I am the Doctor. Anthony Stewart Head. Mm. Is he still... Does he still retain the Stewart? Or is he just Anthony Head might, now? Might have just been Buffy. Yeah, wonder what that no, was. it's just Tony's head. Well, maybe it was like an American equity. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's another Anthony Head. And he doesn't need to be Stewart Head here. Yeah. Head. A Head. What's rude about a Head? Yeah. Um, tits. Tits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's all I wanted to say. We can do the quiz now. Hey. <laughs> Bit of finger down. Keith? Anything to say? <laughs> uh, the quiz is New Year's themed. Hooray. Every what? No, sorry. Um, took some doing this. Oh. You better bloody enjoy it. No, I, really, I am already enjoying the um, anticipation of it. I'm trying to sort of start with the easiest one and work to the more difficult ones. Yeah, that'd be nice. Okay, so um, question Can you see that one. one. Oh yeah, do write in. That's not the answer. <laughs> but thank uh, you, I can see it. No, I'm not going to repeat that. To this <laughs> um, question one. This episode of Doctor Who was set on uh, New Year's Eve 1999. Um, which DJ and former bassist was the subject of BBC Two's first original programme of the millennium? DJ and former bass, bass player. Bass player. What's the subject of a BBC Two's first original programme of the millennium? This millennium. What's the first thing BBC Two televised? Tom's got it. Oh! Uh, Keith's not. Keith put Peter Hook. Tom put Fatboy Slim. As usual, Tom is in the lead. I wouldn't say as usual. Played bass in the House Martins, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Point. Bl- bloody good band. Waste of time that was. Point. Size you can lose a point for saying a waste of time. Was it, was Size it? of a... T- Shut that, one was, yeah, that was one. <laughs> Two princes. Hmm? No. <laughs> Great band. They Spend... went on to the beautiful south, didn't they? Well, one of them did, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. 
Poor Ian. Yeah. Uh, where, where do we're getting away from? Yeah, of course. Let's quiz on. Just get back to the quiz. Uh, a Good Night Sweetheart special went out on New Year's Day in 1996. Tying really? it back to the original purpose of this podcast. Which series was it? From which series did that episode come from? 1996. Yep. Keith's put. Keith put two, the wrong answer. Tom put three, the right answer. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, you can just me. count up from the years we did. Yeah, I can't remember when it started. Was it 93? I think it's 93, yeah. yeah. Good lord. We should revisit that one day. Well, no rush. This year's New Year's Eve sees Channel 4 uh, pay homage to Raymond Briggs. What was the name of the 2012 sequel to Raymond Briggs' The Snowman? Oh, Jesus. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Not that one. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Snowman visits Jesus in Jerusalem. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a half a point each. The answer was the snowman and the snow dog. Oh, Keith put the snowman and the dog. Tom put the snow dog. Yeah, it's implied it's snow dog. It's snowman and well, snow take dog. Take that, we've done the bullets. Snow cat. <laughs> right. um, which year did Jules Holland's Hootenanny first go out. Hootenanny! There we go. Yeah. That's not why I asked. Which year did it first go out? Uh, Keith put 1998, Tom put 1994. It's 1993. Oh! Sorry. Close. Very close. Uh, and finally, which world record did the television stage play Dinner for One hold until Guinness retired this category? Dinner for one. Yeah. Can you repeat the question? I certainly can. Which world record did the television stage play Dinner for One hold until Guinness retired the category? What was the record that that TV programme held? Dinner for one. Uh, I've just got that. Top Tom's but most. Keith's put fewer fewer. Both wrong. It's the most repeated TV programme in history. Really? It's shown oh. annually on New Year's Day. In many countries across Europe, and in fact the world, it's an old, like nineteen forties TV stage play. Maybe that's probably too early. Sixties TV stage play, and for some reason it's played every day, every New Year's Day. What in, in the UK? Never in the UK. Oh. It's British, but it's never really shown here. But it's shown. So like cliffhanger. All over the world. Oh God, I love cliffhanger. Uh, Great Escape. Or um, yeah. Um, look it up. It's quite interesting. Dinner Have for you seen one. it? No. No. What was that one I was trying to think of the other day? With uh, got Jude Law and Michael Caine in the remake of it. Oh, Sleuth. Sleuth. Yeah, that was annoying. So I won. You won. Well, as usual, 2019 is the same as 2018. 2.5 <laughs> points you won by. Yeah. Actually, no, you didn't. Just two points. My mistake. Not cumulatively though. If we chuck, like totted up all the scores. Yeah, it would be less. So. Revisionist <sighs> um, history. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I end the document, so I can change the past schools, can't I? I end the quiz. Oh, yeah, that's true, but you don't keep a record? No, I just keep a record of how good my quizzes are. Five out of five, so, five across out of the five. board. It's interesting you do it out of five. You do it out of a hundred, couldn't you? And then numbers would be bigger, cumulatively. That's true, I'll think about that in the future. But I don't have a hundred questions. Well, you don't need to. Okay, right. thanks for that. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, I really think we are, yeah. Cool. Um, well, listeners, you know, good, good job. Um, thanks for sticking with us. Obviously, it was 
touch first to do a film, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. You did. You did valiantly, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Valiantly. Um, even even with your finger up. So, um, thanks for listening to Sparrow Talk presents Paul McGann's Doctor Who, the nation's favourite Doctor Who. Enjoy your New Year's Day or on whichever day you happen to listen to this podcast on. Enjoy that day. Uh, it's goodbye from me. Uh, it's goodbye from me. Um, make yourself a large breakfast if you can keep it down. Um, Are you thinking cereal based or cooked? Or, or I was what? thinking cooked. Something like a, a bean on toast. Oh, sorry, beans on toast. Bean on toast. <laughs> um, yeah, have some, some solid carbs. Maybe a, a, a tin of pop to replenish your sugars. And um, some rehydration salts. I don't use them. I know Keith does. Um, <laughs> actually, my hangover tip a lem sip. What? Really? Mm. My hangover tip, don't drink. <laughs> but it's boring, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Happy New Year. See you on the flip side. Yeah.